0: Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today's guest is not only a talented singer songwriter, but she brings a very interesting mix of geographical influences. Although English, born near Liverpool, and having lived in Northeast England much of her life, her musical passion is Americana and alt-country. The music and voice of Jem Andrews are clearly influenced by folks like Patsy Cline and other American country artists, so, of course, she spent the last three years in Germany doing music and theater. Jem Andrews joins us right now via Skype from Berlin, Germany. Jem, I'm totally pleased to have you here today for Song of the Soul.
1: Mark, it is lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: As I said when I introduced you, you're in Germany, you're in Berlin. How long have you been there?
1: So I've been in Berlin for three and a half years. But yeah, no, it's it's a great part of Germany.
0: So what took you to Berlin?
1: Well, I've toured with my music uh, quite a bit over the past sort of seven years And I always got a really good response from German audiences. So every time I would tour, I'd come to Berlin and it would only be for maybe a couple of days to do a show and then you move on. But I was always very curious about it. You know, it's a really fascinating city. I just always felt as though there was something else there. So I wanted to come and spend a bit more time. Three and a half years later, I'm still here. But I I am moving back to the UK uh, in the next few months.
0: And when you went to Berlin, is there enough of a music scene that you could go full time sharing your music?
1: Not quite yet. So I suppose I've just finished my third album and I've only just uh, sort of gotten onto an agency over here. So in terms of being able to sort of tour professionally, I, I feel like I'm very much at the start of my career. I teach ukulele to five-year-olds um, in small packs and I teach English in German schools occasionally as well. So yeah, so I have lots of plates up to sort of pay the bills, but but music is the thing that I really love to do.
0: Let's talk a bit about your music and your source of music. I've heard it described as Americana roots and alt-country as well. And when people think of the north of England, they probably don't think of Americana. So is is this like uh, doing foreign music? Is this like someone in the U.S. doing world beat or something?
1: It's a funny thing because... My understanding of Americana and alt country is that it originally comes from English and Scottish and Irish folk music. But if you so, if you listen to sort of Irish and English and Scottish folk music now, I don't know. Like it, it doesn't really sort of speak to me. There's, there's an honesty in country music that really sort of struck a chord. No pun intended. With with me, <laughs> it sort of really spoke to me. So I, I always kind of gravitated more towards the. American artists and the sort of English artists. And where I lived in the Northeast, near Northumberland, you know, has an incredibly rich history of folk music. But I find that there's a bit of a class divide, strangely enough, in folk music. It's sort of become very middle class and, you know, sort of singing about minors with, you know, black leg. And I feel like it didn't apply to me. And, and it, you know, it wasn't a forum in which I could sort of talk about my own experience And I suppose growing up listening to uh, Woody Guthrie and Hank Williams and, you know, people who had really, really difficult experiences, I I just gravitated towards those guys and ended up writing country music.
0: And Patsy Cline?
1: Of course, absolutely. Yeah, no, she's definitely one of my big, big influences, Patsy Cline. I think she was wonderful.
0: I was looking at your website, and folks, that is gemandrews.co.uk. I was noting that amongst your influences or the characterizations of your voice included Kate and Anna McGarrigal, which I had an album of theirs many, many years ago, a vinyl album. And a few of those songs just caught my heart so much. I'm not even sure these days how many people know about them. I know. Are they a big thing in England or is specifically just in the Jem Andrews household?
1: <laughs> Actually, I mean, I discovered Kate Nana. I discovered Kate Nana <laughs> when I went to university and uh, had a student loan, and obviously had to spend it in a record shop.
2: Of course. <laughs> so, so
1: I, I, came, <laughs> I came across them by total accident. I just actually, you know, I did that awful thing. I, I judged the record by its cover and thought, these they look really interesting. I'm going to listen to that. But they're quite obscure, strangely enough, despite how accessible and gorgeous their music is. Uh, not many people have heard of them. Many people have heard of Loudon Wainwright's Kate's ex-husband, and, you know, obviously Rufus and Martha Wainwrights. But the music of Kate and Anna McGarrigle—it was just, I mean, it's so pure and so honest and so kind of genuine. You can't help but but love it. I think as as a real muso, I think you can't listen to Kate and Anna McGarrigle and not just fall in love with with their songs.
0: I don't even actually remember what the name of the song is, but do you happen to know the one? It's been a long time since we last shook hands.
1: Yeah, come a long way. In come fact, a long I, way, yes. I cover it on my last uh, on my last record. That's the last song on the record.
0: <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorites of theirs, and I just love it. And I've tried to learn to sing it, and I found out for some reason that song I can't sing well.
1: Oh, you just gotta, yeah, you can just change the key on that. It's really simple. I'll show you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, actually, what I'd like you to do is show me some of your music right away. Why don't you get us started for Song of the Soul? What would Jem Andrews like to share today?
1: Okay, so for the first song, I'd like to choose a song called Ladybird which was written by my bandmate, uh, Nikki Rushton, and she wrote this about her mother when her mother first started showing signs of dementia. And actually, I, I just think it's, it's such a beautiful song and actually it represents so much about sort of our relationships with our parents, regardless of whether they have dementia, just that this feeling of them sort of slipping away and losing a certain understanding with them. So, so I covered, with Nikki's permission, I covered this song and we sing it together. And yeah, see what you think.
0: We'll jump in on Lady Bird. It's from the recording Scatter by Jem Andrews.
3: Well, my mother, she said, let's get off this bed and let's waltz around the room. So we took to the floor in a rousing 3-4 before I laid her back down in her tomb before I laid her back down in her tomb her first last word was ladybird it's a guessing game here on in. her first last word was ladybird She looks for words and I fill them in Well, she points with her eyes And to my surprise She said, do you see the tree? So I showed her with my hand To where the willow tree stands She said, darling, it's weeping for me She said, darling, it's weeping for me Her first last word was Lady Bird It's a guessing game here on end her first last word was Lady Bird She looks for words and I fill them in So when my mother said Let's get off this bed And will you take me to the tree? I took her by the hand to where the willow tree stands And said, Mother, it's weeping for me I said, Mother, it's weeping for me Her first last word was Lady Bird It's a guessing game here on end her first, last word was Lady Bird. She looks for words and I fill them in. Mm-hmm.
0: A song written by Jim Andrews, a partner. Mickey Rushton. It's called Ladybird, and it's from Jem's recording Scatter. A little bit of waltz time there, dancing. where are you a dancer at all, by the way, Jem?
1: I absolutely have two left feet. I cannot dance. But, but I enjoy watching other people dance.
0: Does Lady Bird have a specific signification in England? In the U.S., so many of us are caught with the idea that Lady Bird was the wife of our president, Lyndon Maynes Johnson, also known as LBJ. And that's what Lady Bird always evokes for me. What does it evoke for you or for Mickey, I guess?
1: Well, in, in the context of this song, as I mentioned, the this, this song is about Nikki's mother who was starting to develop dementia. And the the lyric in the song goes, her first lost word was ladybird. So Nikki's mother was trying to describe this this little bug, this little insect, and it completely lost the word for it. And to Nikki, that was the first signifier that she was starting to sort of fade away.
0: And do you have folks around still? Is is that still, have you had to deal with that kind of thing in family yet?
1: Luckily for me, I haven't. My parents are quite young. My mum was 17 when she had me. So my parents are in their early 50s. So so it's not something I've had to deal with personally just yet.
0: So when you perform and when you sing and when you, you go out, are you typically a solo act? Do you have other people going with you? Are there folks there in Berlin or back home in England or over in Vancouver where I understand you lived? Do you have bandmates?
1: I do. There's five of us all together. So I have a great fiddle player called Bernard Wright. A really lovely drummer called Suzanne Lambert. And my friend Sarah Vangeli on the double bass, and Nikki Rushton who plays a piano and accordion and does harmony vocals. Occasionally, we're also joined by Chris Hellman uh, on the pedal steel. Chris is Billy Bragg's current steel player as well, and we have Sue McLaren on um, harmony vocals too. So it kind of it fluctuates depending on who's around and who's not already playing. So I, I do tend to play with a full band. If I have a string of shows, then we'll sort of get together and we'll rehearse and we'll go out on the road. If it's just sort of a one-off show in Berlin or nearby, I'll tend to do that uh, solo. But in general, I prefer the experience of playing with other people live.
0: I find it quite lonely going up on my own with my guitar. Since you teach uke, I understand that you play uke, therefore, and probably guitar and other – are you a mandolin player? Do you have other instruments that are part of your repertoire?
1: So, yeah, I do play a little bit of mandolin, a little bit of banjo. Actually, my main instrument is the alto saxophone, which, which I never play live, <laughs> strangely enough.
0: Is that what you play in the shower then? When do you get to play it?
1: <laughs> well, it's one of those instruments I played as a teenager, and then I went to do a music degree. so So it was my primary instrument all the way through university. And it's, it's a really great instrument for composition and for playing jazz and for playing other kinds of uh, genres. It's not a great instrument for writing songs and singing with, obviously. <laughs> so I started learning the guitar,
0: and then that just became my sort of primary instrument. And does alto sax come up in country music very often?
1: I don't think it comes up enough, Mark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you may be pushing the frontier here. Just You better find a way.
1: <laughs> I might be. Maybe Yeah, we need a full woodwind section. I mean, actually, you know, artists, I mean, she's not country, but artists like PJ Harvey, I think, use the saxophone very in a very interesting way. You know, she writes these incredible lyrics, and then we'll just have a bit of a crazy sax solo in between. So I think if I was going to incorporate it, I'd do it in the, the vein of PJ, I think.
0: That's something I'd look forward to hearing, but I am looking forward to hearing another song right now. What would you like to share?
1: So next up, I'd like to play Calling, which is a song from my second album, Vancouver. And this is a song about my mother. So just to continue the mother issues (laughs) theme. This is a song about my mother, who's a Methodist minister in Liverpool. And Calling, I guess from the title, it's about when she sort of decided, well, when she found that she was called to the church.
0: It's called Calling. The
3: summer I turned ten years old was the same one you turned twenty-eight. Both of us putting our hope in tomorrow Both of us carrying around our sorrow Ran barefoot across the hot flagstones You chasing neighborhood kids with pots and spoon. Saying I'm gonna catch you and cook you up You better run fast, better get away if you My little brother, just a baby on your shoulders, sheltering us from the sticks and the stones. You're on the road, looking for another home. Canadian geese flew over the sounds of Matthew Street. Filled Philadelphia
0: to have Jem Andrews here with us today for Song of the Soul that is her song Calling from her second album it's called Vancouver and her website is jem that's g e m andrews.co.uk the link's on org. this is Song of the Soul Northern Spirit Radio production website Northern Spirit Radio dot and that northern is something that both Gem and I have in common. North of England is home for Gem Andrews, except not right now because she's in Berlin, in Germany, and she's been around places like Vancouver, where the song Calling is from the album by that same name, Vancouver. Also on the org website, you'll find all kinds of connections to our guests, song lists, stations that carry our program, many more things, including a place to place comments. Please do that when you visit. And there's a donate button. This full-time work, and it's supported exclusively by your donations. Click donate when you come. Even more important, make sure you enable All of the community radio stations across the U.S. and I think in other countries, too, that make possible a slice of music and news you get nowhere else. Please start out by supporting them and then if you can help us, if you can have a little bit extra so we're talking with Jem Andrews. Uh, I connected with her through publicist Pat Tynan. I want to nod my head in direction of Pat to say thank you for connecting us up. It's not obvious. I w- ha- I've actually never been to Germany. And so, Jem, you have a slice of the world over there that I do not know, even though I probably know a lot more German dances than you do.
2: Yes, typically. Yes.
0: <laughs> So it it is interesting when you say in the song calling you're 10 years old and the same year you turn 28 for your mother I was thinking that was like an older brother or sister or something <laughs> because you're relatively close in ages that's that's kind of cool in some way what did you think of your mother getting a calling to be a minister that's not high on the list most preachers kids I knew uh, had a struggle with the idea that their parent might be uh, religious.
1: Well, I mean, I, I suppose she didn't join the church until I'd left home. So it wasn't something that really impacted on, on me as a child. But, you know, we we always went to church. My mum was uh, always very involved with our local church. So I guess it wasn't too big a surprise when she decided to, to trade in teaching for, you know, the cloth, as it were.
0: Is your mother a dancer? You say in the song, you know, you danced around our living room.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it's a really nice memory that I have, actually. My mother would in- introduce me to all of this fantastic music, and she was constantly dancing, always dance around our, our living room. So I suppose when I wrote Calling, I was really trying to paint a picture or, or I suppose sort of, sort of real, really sort of capture her spirit in that moment. It was certainly, uh, certainly a gift that she gave me, not dancing, but music.
0: Well, again, in the verse just following that, you mention June, which I assume was June Carter, and Johnny, Johnny Cash, maybe, uh, Nancy and Neil Young and Towns Van Zandt.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not really seeing the connection with Methodist ministry.
1: No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I suppose that's one wonderful thing about about my mother is that you know she's very, she, she's very liberal in her theology. She's very open to all kinds of art forms. As a result of that, we were never really restricted in what we could listen to or read at home.
0: How much Black Sabbath did you listen to at home? Or uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other groups <laughs> that might push the limits.
1: <laughs> it's really funny, you know, when I. When when I became a teenager, you know, the albums I'd buy to sort of – I wouldn't even put them on that loud, to be honest. It was stuff like Charlie Parker and John Coltrane. And then eventually really got into – you know, sort of came back to country – so no, I was I was never really uh, a problematic teenager in that way. But I, th- I mean, I think Black Sabbath are a brilliant band. It's just really not my thing.
0: So North is your latest album, latest of the three, and, and the previous ones being called Scatter and Vancouver, and now you're North. And which North are you talking about? North like Wisconsin or North like Upper End of England?
1: I suppose it's. I mean, it's. It's very much linked to the northeast of England. I think that's the kind of backbone that that runs through all of the songs on North. So yeah. So North is in the northeast of England.
0: I'm pretty sure you want to sample us a little bit of North. What would you like to share?
1: So I'd like to show you the first track on my new album, North. This is called Letter. It's about sort of when relationships don't end very well, and it's it's a way of trying to say all of the things that you wish you had been able to articulate in the moment, but just wasn't able to. This is Letter
3: tired. Can't you see it in my eyes? It's been a long, long year. TV news rolls around. Nobody makes a sound. Nobody dares break the night. And all of the birds are curled up in the branches, waiting for the first sign of light. And for the first time in too long, Take out my pen and Write you a letter, write you a song. Write a list of all the things I've done wrong. Write you a letter, I'll write you a song. Write a list of all the things I've done To all the things I've done wrong, write you.
0: Letter is from Jem Andrews' most recent CD called North, and Jem Andrews is my guest today for Song of the Soul from Northeast England, his home. You know, the thing that surprised me about that song, Jem, is that it's got a pretty upbeat tone tone to it you know it's like I'm gonna write write you a letter about a long list of the things I've done wrong (laughs) and can you really be that jolly or are you lacking in shame (laughs) I wish
1: I wish I was lacking in shame but no I it's funny I mean it just sort of it just kind of came out that way (laughs) I remember sort of when I first played it to my band it was actually last March and you know, one of the first lines of the song is, you know, it's been a long, long year. And, and I just burst out laughing because it was only March, but it really felt like <laughs> it had been a really long year at that point. But now it's a funny one. Yes, I suppose the melody doesn't really match the content. But that's kind of a nice thing about music as well, I suppose, it's that you don't, you know, you, you don't need to plunge into my depressive state. You can just sort of have it on in the background while you're cooking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your name. Gem is spelled G-E-M. And Andrews is a good, easy name for us to spell in the U.S. at least. Yes. But Jem, is it just because you're so very precious?
1: Well, that's obviously one of the reasons, Mark. So Jem is is an abbreviation of my full name, which is Gemma Louise May, all in one. And I think from very young, from when I first started school, uh, I was just called Jem. It was a lot easier, a lot quicker to get through. (laughs) And it's stuck. I very rarely get uh, Gemma Louise May these days, unless I'm in trouble with my mum. And then that's the first thing I hear.
0: (laughs) How does one get in trouble with a liberal-leaning Methodist minister mother?
1: Well, you have to be very creative, I suppose. (laughs) But, you know, I I find ways.
0: (laughs) That's good. You said you've been there in Berlin for some three and a half years.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And you're doing your music. English all the time? Or do you translate into German? or How do you connect with the local culture?
1: Well, actually, the Germans, or well, especially in Berlin, uh, everybody speaks very good English. And a lot of the music that they listen to anyway is in English. I mean, they, obviously, there are German artists, a lot of German artists perform in English. So it really wasn't that difficult to make that transition. How it has been difficult, actually, is sort of in in my personal life, trying to learn German and trying to sort of speak German because everybody wants to practice their English immediately. Um, So you really have to sort of force people to say, no, 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 please speak to me in German. I have to learn. (laughs) But in in terms of music, it hasn't been a barrier at all.
0: Let's share some more of your music. Uh, You've got a lot I think you want to share from North, your latest CD. What would you care to share next?
1: Right, yeah, so the next song is actually the second track uh, on North and it's a singer song and I wrote this about my stepfather which I'll, I'll tell you about after
0: Sing Your Song by Jim Andrews
3: I was looking at you You were looking at him His Napoleonic temperament Filled the house that we lived in And I learned how to read His tone and his body there's violence and quietness and eggshells underneath. I kept my thoughts to myself. They belong to nobody else. Oh time and sing a song to me. Oh time and sing a song to me. I was looking at you, but you could not meet my eyes. He cashed in short-term comforts, made laws of his life Looking back now, we were both on losing sides A thunderstorm in a council house, thunder in his eyes There were many nights I tried to dream him away Oh, tiny man, sing your song to me Oh, tiny i Shadows broke the back of the house that we lived in I packed up my things and I got in the car i
0: name is Jem Andrews. Her website is gemandrews.co.uk. links on nortonspiritradio.org. She's here for Song of the Soul, and she says in that song, the title, Sing Your Song. It is from North, her latest CD, about your stepfather, and you promised us that you were going to tell us something about what the, the song was about. Tell me, please.
1: So this song is about my stepfather, who was very abusive as I was growing up. He wasn't a very nice man at all. And Sing Your Song, the title itself, it's about sort of, I suppose, as an adult asking for some sort of uh, explanation for his behavior of all of that time. And I suppose a difficult thing with, you know, when you sort of have these abusive parents is sort of wanting to be believed and wanting to be understood by other people. Because a lot of other people, especially in the family, are very invested in this not being the case, you know, in, in him being a very nice, very sort of caring, well-meaning man. So, sing your song, as I suppose, is my way of saying, you know, come on, tell me what it was all about. Explain yourself.
0: But you call him tiny man, or that's at least who you address in this. Do you see it differently now that? I mean, I don't think you're extremely vertically challenged, but you're probably not necessarily taller than him.
1: No, I wasn't. I suppose it's that thing when you, you know, as a child, when you're growing up with somebody who's very intimidating and very angry and very violent, it's easy to sort of see them as this kind of larger than life figure, really. And with distance, with moving out and sort of, you know, getting out of, of that home I started to see him as just this little angry man, you know. Uh, one of the first lines is in the song is um, his, his Napoleonic temperament filled the house that we lived in. And it really was that sort of, sort of uh, Napoleonic-type figure, this, this little dictator. And I suppose, yes, yeah, sort of calling him tiny man is also my way of grappling back a little bit of power from that situation.
0: You mention about having to walk, I guess, on eggshells in the household. Did you grow up quiet, mousy? Was it hard to find your voice?
1: Absolutely. I mean, he he was a very dominant person. So, you know, the music I listened to had to be sort of, well, it it was in total secrecy, uh, always with sort of headphones in in my room. And again, with the books I would read, I mean, he he wanted full control of everything that, that I did. So a lot of the culture that I accessed and ended up being my sort of saving grace uh, was something I had to go and sort of access secretly outside of the home or secretly inside, inside the home.
0: You're from northeastern England originally. Uh, you've lived in other places, so you've sampled the world a little bit. People think of the Midwest or the upper Midwest where I'm from, Wisconsin and Minnesota, these areas around here. There's a certain character to them. What would you say is the character of that area in the northern part of England that you're from?
1: Gosh, it's, uh, it's really interesting because so much of the history, the recent history in the northeast, and by recent, I mean, I suppose the last 30, 40 years, has been dominated by this sort of image of the miners, and the industry and the sort of, you know, the, the working man, I suppose. So, yeah, I, 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 I suppose that would be my answer. The, the activist, you know, the miner who's sort of fighting for his rights and fighting for his livelihood.
0: We have a situation in the United States right now where the country is particularly divided, erratically, it's, so it's, radically. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of hard to believe. And so I have a hard time imagining miners in the United States as being activists these days, because I guess, and I may be very wrong in this, I actually hope I am, but my sense is the coal miners, for instance, I tend to think that they're more likely to be Donald Trump supporters, who is so anathema to two-thirds of the country. So are coal miners activists uh, for like Labour Party or more liberal in England?
1: No, I think I think it's sort of it's very similar as to what's happening in the US. Uh, It's very similar as to what's happening in the UK as well. You know, when I talk about the miners and sort of northern identity, I'm referring mostly to sort of Thatcher government in the late seventies and early eighties when the miners were unionized, you know, and they had someone to sort of <laughs> fight for them and now we're in a situation where, you know, working class people in sort of I suppose that the versions of mining jobs now would be perhaps call centers or uh, you know, working in supermarkets where they're not unionized, where they're forced to work, you know, on these we call them zero hour contracts when so they never know how long they're going to get to work for and there's no guarantees so we end up with this kind of real disenfranchised part of our sort of population who end up going for populist politics like with trump you know like for example people in britain from these communities predominantly voted brexit and actually i mean this you know in terms of poor people voting for trump you know poor people voting for brexit it's exactly has the exact same consequences they're shooting ourselves in the foot basically and i think a a lot of that is this kind of you know distrust of government and, and of the establishment and populist, in the most loosely termed sort of politicians like Trump, and I suppose a lot like our government in the UK at the moment, offer very simple solutions to very complicated problems. And, and people just want to hear that things are going to get better, that their poverty and their situation is not their fault. It's the 2% of immigrants that come in. You know? It really beggars belief. But I think there, there are really positive movements as well that are happening both in the US and in the UK, where people are mobilizing again and they're finding their voice and they're finding a way to push back against this sort of, you know, right-wing populist view.
0: Well, let's capture some of that voice of the North by sharing some more of your songs. Uh, I know you've got other things from North that you want to share. Which one's next?
1: So I really want to show you this song. It's called uh, Lungs. It's about a mining community that I used to live in, way up in County Durham, up in the northeast of England. So it's, it's, it's all about these miners that had lost their jobs overnight, basically, and had absolutely no way to provide for their families.
3: Down beneath this town You waded through The blood and muscle of the ground You worked until your lungs gave in Sixteen hours a day, you dug your way to the miles at home. Open like baby birds, too small to make it alone. Hard on the picket line, batons. She you gasped filled your chest It silenced your screams She stole the life from under your nose I know you always worked hard You worked for every penny you had She called you vermin Barely fit to steal the crumbs from her table Only fit I Do your kids in school sit in classrooms hungry and cold? 1985, 2017, and on it goes. We still march the big lines, navigate their lives, and bring the tools for all to be. We're never given freely So stand up Stand together And breathe good
0: We're incredibly fortunate to have with us here today for Song of the Soul, Jem Andrews. She's from northeastern England and living in Berlin in Germany at this point. But that song, Lungs, talks about back home for her. Some of the trials and tribulations of being in that country at that time in that profession There were some things in the song, though, I wasn't quite sure what you were referring to, Jem. For instance, there's a line you said, she called you vermin. And I'm not sure which she is. Is she Margaret Thatcher, or is that?
1: Indeed. Oh, yes. Okay,
0: I was <laughs> before you were just introducing it. I hadn't thought of which she. I thought maybe it was a household. You know, you you don't provide well for your household, and you get abused when you come home. And a lot of men feel crushed by not being able to provide well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, no, it was in a quite a famous speech that she made in, in the early 80s, in which she referred to the miners that were striking as, as vermin. Yeah, and it is, I guess it was a slogan that really just could not sort of uh, stuck, you know, and obviously cut quite deep with with a lot of these communities.
0: That must have been exactly parallel with the air traffic controllers here that Ronald Reagan, uh, almost at the same time, was dismissing and breaking unions and therefore hurting the common working person tremendously although i would say that probably a lot of the working class supported again as you said shooting themselves in the foot and it was so sad to see how much harder life has gotten for people who are working breaking their backs and you know working their fingers to the bone and all that kind of thing the oohs and the ahs in the background the vocals Who is doing that? You can't do it at the same time you're singing foreground vocals.
1: That's right. So we have uh, Nikki Rustin again, my right arm, (laughs) and uh, Sue McLaren, and Charlie Hardwick, who's an actress based up in the Northeast, actually. And so so she's got this beautiful gravelly voice. I just love the texture when you put all of those voices together. And it sort of sounds a bit like I wanted to evoke the feeling of a chain gang, almost in that sort of call-and-response oohs and ahs.
0: And again on Fiddle there, who's that? That's Bernard Wright. I think I really want to get to know Bernard. He's featured prominently in a number of your songs, and I really like what he brings to your music.
1: Yeah, no, me too. I think he's great.
0: Give us some more music right away so we can fit in before the end of our hour. What's next?
1: So uh, next, I'd like to share a song called Bear With You. This is a song about, it's a good old country song about depression, which is something that I've um, I've experienced uh, off and on for well, all of my experiences, as long as I can remember. So, yeah, this is Bear. When the
3: clouds gather over, there's nothing left to prove. I have lived like this for all of my life. It's not the weather or the money or some lack of love. It's got the logic of a dove flying blind into a storm. And the hardest part is getting out of bed without the safety of the floor. You know it's not about how smiling all. So I let myself
2: bed.
3: Let myself bed. Let myself bed. Be. It's like the door is a frozen shut. Clocks always need winding And a constant sense of homesickness For a place I've never known I sleep with my eyes open Try to resist the pool, But I'm a boat out on the sea And the water's rushing in And the hardest part Is getting out of bed Without the safety of the floor You know it's not about How
2: Let myself bear Let myself
3: bear. Let myself You're such a fixer, you always have been You can think your way out of anything You know to drop the anchor When the undertow is strong Though the waves may crash around me The sky might crack above You're one solid rock of love And I'm all in for you And the hardest part Is getting out of bed without good
0: Wonderful song. Another one by Jem Andrews. It's called Bear. It's from her latest recording called North. Her website, jemandrews.co.uk. link's on northernspiritradio.org. And Bear is laying yourself bare, right, Jem? And you mentioned that you've dealt with depression as part of your life. Yes. It always strikes me as a bit paradoxical that a person who struggles with depression gets up in front of people. I mean, you know, that's the time when you bury your head in the sand and you pull the covers over and you don't come out and see the light at all. But you're called to be in front of people as well.
1: Absolutely. And there's, there's something about an aspect of performing where you know I, I'm not thinking too much about myself and, and how I really feel, or, or where I'm sort of where, where I'm up to in, in my head. I'm sort of I'm performing and, and I'm in my songs for that moment. And strangely enough, it doesn't matter how depressed I am, like I always get to the gig and it always makes me feel better.
0: There is something about community that can strengthen us where, I don't know if it's as true in England, and I guess I want to ask you this, in the U.S. there is such a culture of individualism. Yes. I find for myself that by being Quaker, I kind of get the best of both worlds. Nobody tells me what I have to believe as a Quaker. But at the same time, there's this very strong community that's around it that helps lift me up and do that. And I guess you get it when you get up on stage. It's a, it's probably a shot and it cuts through individualism to a community sense of things. Are you a introvert, an extrovert?
1: I think I'm an introvert, actually. I think I'm a high functioning introvert. <laughs> <laughs> i'm certainly very happy in my own company for for days at a time but yeah i mean you're, you're right there is there's something really sort of empowering about being able to share music with a room full of people and and you can feel it on stage when you've sort of when you've got your audience when they're with you and when they're sort of really listening to what it is that you're sort of singing about what it what it is that you're playing it's a great source of strength and and i agree i think it's i mean it's the same in the uk actually this culture of individualism it's it's something that I think is incredibly detrimental to our sense of being. I think as people, we're, we're better when we're together and we're, when we're sort of able to empathize with each other's experience. That is a really powerful thing about live music, is that you get to sort of hold people in that moment, you know, or for the for the duration of the gig. And you're there and you're together and you're present. And of course, you know, you know, I, I think things like... Well, I think things like sort of Facebook and Twitter, you know, they can be very powerful tools for connecting us, but I think they can also make people feel incredibly lonely as well. This is another song from North. This is called Two by Two. I like to think that this is my version of three cigarettes in an ashtray, just to to go back to Patsy Cline. It's about when the person that you're in love with meets somebody else and, and off they go
0: basically (laughs) let's listen to it and then we'll say a few more words before we say goodbye two by two by jem andrews
3: i walked you to the corner two by two hand in hand it's where you told me you had another two by two hand in hand two by two hand in hand then i'll fight them for your love i only promised out of pride Said she fits me like a glove, and we sat side by side, two by two, side by side.
0: andrews sharing her song two by two from her latest cd north and you definitely have the country-esque song sound singing wailing guitars which is quite a contrast to bear that you played before which i would say has a little bit more of that irish scottish feel
1: i think you're right a lot more sort of traditional folk
0: so two by two uh, sadness uh, the, there's a third person come in you lose a partner. I take it that you're identifying with the aggrieved, uh, deserted person or the neglected part of the triangle. Yes. Haven't you ever wanted to do payback and do that to someone else?
1: <laughs> I've always wanted to, but I'm just, I'm far too sensitive to pull it off. You know. <laughs> but no, I mean, it all ended well. I'm married now and they're off with someone else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad that it all ends up happily ever after. I'm, I'm not sure we're guaranteed ever after, but... At least for the hour that I've been sitting with you, Jem, I've been happy to know you and happy to be enriched by your music and to learn more of how alt country and Americana can be a northern England type of thing. It, it's been an education for me as well as an enrichment. So thank you for sharing the music. I hope the rest of your time there in Berlin is enriching and invaluable. And where do you go from there?
1: I'm back to the northeast after this. I'm heading over to Newcastle.
0: Yeah, so I'm moving back home. Thank you again for sharing your music today, for sharing from your soul, and for joining us today for Song of the Soul.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for your time, Mark. I've really enjoyed it.
0: And again, Jem Andrews' website is jemandrews.co.uk. It's on northernspiritradio.org. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul.